Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. Your last relationship lasted how many years? Around 12. Sexual preference? Women. Is there a bisexual option available? No, sir, this option is no longer available. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicates. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are shining the spotlight on art house films and the power of cinema within our lives. Today's focus is the 2015 dystopian romance, The Lobster, by director Yorgos Lathamos. To unpack this film, I am accompanied by the filmmaker, Elise St. Peru. Elise, welcome back to Syndicates. What's up? Thank you guys for having me back. I'm so excited to chat. Of course. So last time we talked about your film, which aired at Tribeca Film Festival, Arinke in Adagio. So yeah. before we get into The Lobster, since this was your recommendation, I want to know, can you say, can you reveal if you're working on anything right now? Uh Yes, I am going to start in development for the feature version of a rink on Adagio. Oh my God. Breaking news. That's great. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Very cool. We're in the last stages of the script process and we're trying to um, get it to the right hands. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to see the feature length version of your short film because like, honestly, it was it was really cool. There was a lot of cool set pieces you had in that short film in that short amount of time. So to expand it to a feature, that would be pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so excited, man. I want to get this story out so bad. <laughs> it's so much, yeah, that I want to say about it. So I'm really excited. It's a really exciting process. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it. So you have to let me know when that goes into production. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
So today you recommended The Lobster, the 2015 film. So I have to ask, to start it off, how did you first discover The Lobster? Yeah, I so Yogos is one of my favorite directors, um, top five. And I was honestly, before I, because I saw some of his short films, I was looking for like a odd film. Sometimes around that time of my life, I would Google the most nastiest, weirdest, <laughs> oddest <laughs> films. Honestly, I, I was. I was looking for the most off-the-wall thing, and The Lobster came up. And I didn't read much on it, and um, I just pretty much was able to just look it up and watch it. I, it wasn't on Netflix at that time. I don't remember exactly what where I watched it at, now that I think about it, but... <laughs> like <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that but I, yeah, I don't remember exactly but i definitely um i was surprised uh, i was really really surprised because it's not you know uh this is also around the time i watched prisoners for the first time you know oh, so okay. like yeah it was movies like that that wasn't too crazy but also still on the crazy end you know mm. um and the lobster was like right in the middle it was very very odd that was my first feature of seeing of uh, Yorgos, and i fell in love i was like yeah this is extremely innovative and yeah it, yeah you know i you know i did research after i saw the lobster and i was like you know i went to the film festival here in chicago like 2013 and you said like mm -hmm. he did short films before so i'm gonna ask you it might sound weird did yeah. he do a short film about a pregnant woman pregnancy does that ring a bell at all? Um, was that him? Uh, the pregnancy. So the one like, that I saw involved children. Yeah, it was what? children outside children. by a tree. Okay. <laughs> by a tree. Yeah. Okay. It might be Maybe. a different. Uh, it might, might be a different, different filmmaker one. because, like, his short film was like a reverse birth. Like, I don't want this kid anymore. So they like, it, it was fucked up. <laughs> it was fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was Sounds like, like okay. film festival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like seeing the lobster, because yeah. like you said, it was so bizarre. Like, you know, yeah. you mentioned Prisoners by Denise Bellanu, right? Mm. And that's like really hardcore, like violent and like gruesome. Yeah. Um, the lobster is unnerving, but not in a gruesome, grotesque way. It's just like right. everything about it, like the, the characters, the subject matter, the delivery of all their lines. I'm like, yeah. this is like unsettling because like, it's so strange. And I know for a fact it was explicit direction from mm -hmm. Latimos because like, you can tell like, okay, I want to make this weird, creepy film, deliver your line, deliver your lines like a robot. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what blows me about it too? Because that's what I said as well until he did the favorite. Mm. And then Emma Stone and Rachel Wise started revealing some things about how he directs. And apparently he doesn't speak to them at all. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Apparently oh he he said and then he jumps in and he's like, Yeah, I like to be away from the actor as much as possible. He does like the stream chemistry you know exercises and almost like theater movements for months prior like rehearsals okay and when they are about to film and everything he just 
he doesn't give them direction pretty much almost at all. He lets them do their thing. And I'm like, how? Because the tone is so particular. The tone is particular. The lot, like everybody in his films speak a certain way, you know? Um, and I, I wonder if he says those things prior or he just makes it through all of these stimulations known how his world is. So people just know how to act in it. I don't know. It's interesting. Let me ask you this as a filmmaker, say you're in his shoes and you know, you do the same thing. Like you're having them do like a theater rendition of the film over Mm -hmm. and over. And then when it comes time to film, do you think that minimal approach is safe to do with these actors? No, it's very risky. Yeah. (laughs) It's very, very, very risky. Like you have to, you have to trust that you casted everybody to the T um, and trust that they understand you so well. So I guess that's why it's good that I hope he like interviews them in some way or they just have a conversation to where they could talk explicitly of what, you know, what direction this is all going in. So when they do step into that world, they know exactly what's um what's pretty much going on i'm a professional filmmaker i'm pretty explicit when talking to my actors about the world so by the time we do get to set maybe it is true yeah i i do give them direction but it's me just trying something new you know um in the same world yeah me just playing around with what you know what's going on but other than that they always know exactly what to do yeah with me as well yeah so i think it is a thing now that i think about it Mm mm-hmm Okay, well, I mean, it worked with the lobster. So having that hands-off approach, you know, can work, but I can also see, like, somebody like David Lynch, for example, that's so, like, on top of every single thing, and, like, he doesn't want creative uh, input. He just wants his own vision on the screen. Yeah, 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 which is honestly interesting to me because I think that, that, um, I mean, you're going to get – great stuff david lynch you're getting amazing stuff but also you do want some creative freedom because then i always say the actors know the story better than you uh mm-hmm. because they're definitely yeah they're definitely going to bring something to the table you never thought of and it might work nine times out of ten if they're a great talent it's going to work and you're going to go oh that's interesting okay so let's bring it further this route you know and then you now you have stuff to play with in the editing room aside from this is what i wanted four months ago this is what i got <laughs> and this is what it's gonna look like you know um but now you got a whole bunch of stuff and now it's even more interesting and i think with someone like colin farrow um you get you, you get stuff like that yeah because he's also has this all the time to me he has this small dry comedy effect to him that's just very very well done and <laughs> even when it's not supposed to be funny <laughs> Right. And now that you mention it with he's the starring role of the lobster, Colin Farrell. And, you know, when this came out, it was like, you know, it's a dark comedy. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got like a targeted ad on social media. I forget which site might, might be Instagram. And I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> so then I watched it and I was like, this is the comedy is very dry, which I like, but like, it's very subdued and like you said with Colin Farrell it's just like in his DNA to like yeah. 
emote, this like type of comedy. Yeah. And it does work for this film because everything is subdued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, everything's pretty much so bizarre. So when he reacts to it, which is all subtle and minimal, it's like, he's, he's kind of like, what is going on? But he's letting it all happen, which is kind of a little funny too at the same time. But it's right. just, um, yeah, Colin Farrell just has this dry, I love dry comedy. Um, that's my type of thing. Yeah, I, I just love it. And yeah, it works perfectly for Yorgos. All his stuff has dry comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, I, I watch a lot of British stuff and like Ooh. the lobster, what the Orgos uh, captured on film with these actors, especially too. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's about this culture, but like they like excel in the dry comedy. It just yeah. works so well. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like a good American counterpart that shows the dry mm-hmm. humor as well, but like, I don't know, right, do right. like the UK, it just works so well over there. Yeah, I mean, even the French too, they they have like some very interesting ways for dry comedy. Um, I guess because they're just being so blunt too, because their rules are different. <laughs> yeah, they're just being extremely blunt. Like that's Yorgo's thing too, which is very interesting. It's just like whatever they're thinking, they say it, even if it's extremely <laughs> rude and like <laughs> and like definitely uncalled for. But <laughs> right. It, that is like that was pretty funny because everybody's still so serious like <laughs> you know um they're really good at that something about the uk yeah i agree and it's probably their accents too but you didn't hear from me yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably you know <laughs> it, hey it works it yeah it works <laughs> so before we go we're dancing around the plot but before yeah. we go any further, listeners of the show know what time it is. It's time for the Ooh. elevator pitch. All right. Stand clear of the closing door. So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So at least say today, you're going to summarize The Lobster within one minute while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one go so the lobster is about a dystopian society where people are not really allowed to be single anymore they must have a counterpart and be a couple so they are taken to a certain type of place hotel like where they must find a couple within a certain amount of time or they would be turned into an animal of their choice (laughs) (laughs) that was like the 22nd elevator pitch i love it it was so quick um But yeah, that's that's like the main plot of the movie. Because like when it was like marketed to me, I didn't know it was a dystopian. I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah, the image yeah. I saw in the ad was um, that scene where I forget that. I think it's uh, Yorgos's real life wife. Uh, she plays the maid character and she's like dancing in the forest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like what is happening? I have to check out this movie. But like, (laughs) like you said, it's this dystopian society. We don't really know much about it, but like, we don't, which is great. For some reason, you're not allowed to be single. You have to have Mm -hmm. a companion, whether Mm -hmm. it's hetero or homo. Mm -hmm. And if you don't find somebody within, was it 45 days? Yeah. You're turned into the animal of your choice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you live life that way. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's science fiction is dystopian. Mm-hmm. There's romance elements and there's like, I don't know, horror too at the yeah. underbelly of it all. Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre. And so the movie takes place in this hotel and genius. It's yeah. Cause it's like, why, you know, there's so many ways, if you have an idea like this, there's so many ways it could have went, you know, you could have made mm-hmm. this super sci-fi where they are walking through, you know, these glass doors, Harry Potter, like, you know, and they and you get all the mythical effects and now they're in this, you know, in this, their hotel, you know, where they have to find the companion. But I love when people <clears throat> ground it in reality, when everything looks like our world, that makes it creepier and more bizarre because everything looks normal. You have the intro where he's taken from his normal house and he's literally driven to the hotel. I believe it's in the bus. Right. And it's like, you know, almost like how jail is done, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like very interesting that they correlated, you know, it that way. And it just feels really real. And, you know, some of the rules are jail like, but they are in the most odd way, you know, that you can right. kind of think of. Right. And let's unpack that a little bit because yeah. I just realized that. Um, so I watched it back in 2015 when it came out and then I yeah. rewatched it based on your recommendation. Yeah. And it just dawned on me that, yeah, there are parallels between uh, like a prisoner mm-hmm. and then uh, what our main character goes through, David. So, yeah, what our David, main character David, David, David goes through, mm-hmm. it's just like, you're right. Like, he's not really allowed to leave the hotel. That's the most overt imagery. But also yeah. when he his first day, he's handcuffed to mm-hmm. his belt and then yeah. his belt is handcuffed closed or not handcuffed but locked closed yeah and it's such a striking image because when you're carted off to jail that's what you look like it's like you have the chains and then your handcuffs it's like a full body thing and your handcuffs are like tied to that so like you you can't escape at all and like with david's character it's like he has to go throughout the entire day with that and it's like it's behind his back behind his back it's really strange Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and it's also correlates with the imagery of a companion. So they handcuff one hand, you know, um, so, so he's able to use just one hand until he finds that mate to use the other hand for, I would say, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. they're just stripping him a lot of, of, ha- of, of, of the use of another person, you know, living your life with another person. Rather, you do everything singular. You know, um, and yeah, it was just so weird seeing him handcuffed, which was very funny. Um, (laughs) yeah. And to further, you know, expounds on that is, Mm -hmm. so it just, we don't get a whole lot of information on the society, but we we see little glimpses, uh, sprinkled in the first act of the film where you have, they're in, they're in this like ballroom with a whole bunch of chairs and they're watching, uh, the hotel workers explain why companionship is so important. Uh, and like so one of them is this man is like pretending to eat a steak and then he yes. chokes and he's alone. So he dies mm-hmm. But like man with wife and it shows like him choking. And then the wife like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. and what, what that's strange because like, these are like adults. They're like, 
full grown people. So it's like, yeah. shouldn't they? they know this already? Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah. what's up with the entire, like, I, it makes sense as like teenagers or like young adults. Yeah. But like, like old people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shouldn't they, it's like, why are they being re-educated again? So it's like, they all came from like different points in life. And like one mm-hmm. of the characters, best friend of David, right. uh, he lost his wife. Yeah. She died and he's looking for a new mate. So it's like, shouldn't he know this information already? I don't know. And that's another thing. It's yeah. That's another thing is because a lot of people, it's not their fault. Even our lead character of why they're here. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought, <laughs> so I thought the scenario reenactments that they were doing on this stage was one of the creepiest parts of the film because (laughs) i honestly think so because it was very weird for them to you know they did it a few times guys by the way you know the mistake and you know on uh sexual abuse and like they were trying all of these things and the people they used also looked very dark (laughs) in the eyes for some reason and just creepy dead eyes yeah dead eyes and i'm like okay but um it's because they were very serious though. They were so serious about companionship and your life would be so much better if you had um, a plus one, you know, and all of these things can be avoided if you had a second person with you at all times. And it's to the idea of, you know, single people is like, okay, I could be single my whole life. Some people, some people, I could be single my whole life or, you know, I'm single by choice right now, or I'm single, not by choice and nothing's biting, you know, all of that. But there's just some message in here that just says that to me, I feel as if maybe your goals at his time of his life, maybe have went through some type of breakup or mm-hmm. is just annoyed by the many people that's down his throat. Like you're still single. You're still single. You know how people do that. Yep. You're like, you're still single or okay. How long are you going to live the single life? And then now they're thinking to themselves, Oh my God, like I need to, you know, I need to find somebody kind of almost like the movie her, you know, of how lonely he is. And it's just people down his throat and it's trying to make him go on all these apps and uh, blind dates and all of that. And now it comprised to this movie where it's being drop down our throats that we need a plus one you get me yeah so i think that's where this is kind of almost coming from too i feel as if to me that's how i took it like this is being shoved down our throats as you know to the the message to the single people and a message to the plus ones too because it's not all sweet when it does happen as we see in this movie (laughs) yeah like so there is this commentary of like you're being enforced to find a yeah and i thought it was you know at first you think it's like oh for procreation like we want more citizens in this society type thing but if that were the case they wouldn't get the option to have a homosexual relationship because like you can't procreate Mm -hmm. in that type of relationship it has to be hetero male Mm -hmm. female so it's like well that's not the commentary and then as the film progresses it's like you have to find somebody that is a good uh, companion based on superficial reasons. Like, mm-hmm. like I am short-sighted, AKA I need glasses. So I yeah. need to be with somebody that also has glasses or like David's friend, he has a limp because, you know, 
he made a he made a poor choice uh, earlier in his yes. life, <laughs> and he needs to find somebody that also has a limp. Yeah, and he ends up finding somebody because out of desperation. He finds someone that has nosebleeds. nosebleeds. So then yeah. he pretends to have nosebleeds by punching himself in the face or banging his head on a wall. Which is um, also bizarre. Yeah. You know, simple but extremely bizarre when that scene happens. It's like, okay, what's going on? But um <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's almost forced down your throat. And I don't think it's for um, you know, for procreation. I think it's like just so this world it's full with a, having a lover and you have to find this person in the hotel too that's the other hard thing so that's yep. how you were putting it of how people are starting to try to take all these tangible things and make them out of something because they're running out of time right um and it's interesting how it doesn't feel rushed to like none of the characters ever go oh my god I, like it's almost time but um which is interesting now that i think about it but it also does feel urgent too though mm -hmm. that they need to find somebody or else yeah, you know or else you get turned into an animal an animal yeah or, or you're hunted down by the which is in the, the other thing yeah let's talk about that you're hunted down um i always you know that part is i feel like open as well too though but they're hunting single people yes you know, um, I feel as if these are the people that has ran away or something of that sort, you know, or try to hide, mm -hmm. um, which is also an interesting aspect, aspect because they could have left that out, left that out of the story. But it also yeah. shows, too, that no, I don't think they should. They should have. I think, okay. though, um, like, I think it added another layer to the story because now it showed us we're in we're stuck in this hotel for majority of the movie. But then when we do step out we are hunters <laughs> of <laughs> the people we used to be. Uh, well, the people we kind of are, but like at the same time, the people, the ones that got away, uh, it's very interesting. And you gain extra points by the amount of people that you take out. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a whole system. I think the world is built very well because the questions we have are more so conversational than a lot of like loose ends. Um, and it's left to interpretation, but it's also very interesting of how he decided to add those layers to the film. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of layers to this film. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different hierarchies with this film, both in um, the society of the hotel, because like you have the organizers, then you have the, the, what do you call it? The, the housekeeping people. And then you mm -hmm. have lack of a better word, contestants in yeah. this game that this hotel is playing. Um, so I want to mm. expound upon that because like, so the whole point of this movie and why it's called The Lobster is that David, when asked, you know, if you don't find a mate, um, what's, what's the animal of your choice that, that you want to be turned into? And he said, a lobster. A lobster, yeah. Like, well, that's unique. Why? Well, they have a, a long lifespan of like 100 years. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, I mean that's that's a valid um, point, like for longevity purposes. That's a long mm. life, uh, better than what most people choose in this film, which is a dog. Yeah, that was interesting. Olivia <laughs> Coleman was like, "Yeah, that's why there's so many dogs in this world. People want to be like dogs." Um, Wonderful line. It's so yes. interesting because there are a lot of dogs. You know, not in a bad way, but 
it's just a nice correlation that yeah we we have a lot of cats and dogs you know um so that was a nice touch that they added with that i love olivia comian olivia comian in this movie she's actually extremely funny uh, to me i don't know yeah <laughs> oh yeah she's always great yeah so i do want to say with the imagery of the lobster mm-hmm. i don't know if you picked up on it but like lobsters also have mating rituals yeah um, so it's like okay the film's called the lobster dude wants to become a lobster if he doesn't find anybody but at the core of the animal the lobster they also have a mating ritual and they also have hierarchies within their lobster societies so mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of commentaries going on with this film whether yeah. orgos thought of it or not but i think overall it works yeah. um, but like you said with the whole so like in the beginning david is the hunter like part of being at this hotel is yeah. hunting down the loner people, getting extra points, extra days in the system yeah. before being turned into an animal. But then as he runs out of time, essentially he's like, okay, I need to decide whether or not I want to be turned into an animal. So then he escapes and then he becomes the hunted mm-hmm. instead of the hunter. Yeah. And like you said, like it added this extra layer to this movie because like we're stuck in this hotel and then once we leave the hotel then it's like we see the world truly yeah. uh, unfold so and it still doesn't look dystopian you know it's still yeah feels grounded in reality which is striking i would say yeah in, in the most right. subtle way mm-hmm. right and like when we get to so we leave the hotel we get to what do you call it? The forest where the loners live. Yeah. And then what's strange is they pretend to be companion people and then they go to the city. And the city, while it looks normal, it also looks kind of futuristic. It also looks yeah. kind of dystopian at the same time. That's true. That is true. Yeah, it has this. The film has this grayish look to it, grayish, whitish, um, yeah, look to it, which could always go futuristic. Um, it has the, this gloomy money, like it's an overcast the whole time. Right. Um, yeah, which is also very interesting. So you put that on a city feel, and it does look a little, you know, quirky in a yeah. sense. Um, yeah, very bleak. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is the perfect way to do this movie. It could have looked so different. It could have been so much, so much more, right. so extra. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, like the way you put it, it doesn't look like it's from the future. It looks very grounded. And I think that what makes it even more unnerving, it's like, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. This looks like, you know, if I look outside, it's like, oh, that's where I live. But mm-hmm. everything is twisted in the most mm-hmm. subtle way. And, when they're in the city, because, like, we don't get a whole lot of world building, but, like, little tiny bits of dialogue showcase the world in for what it is. And yeah. when we're in this city, they're going through the supermarket, and they have to be coupled the entire time. And, like, when David is, like, waiting for uh, Rachel Weisz's character, the short-sighted mm. woman, <laughs> um a cop approaches him and it was like, Hey, do you have your marriage certificate on you? And I thought that was 
bizarre. I was like, yeah. oh, they're enforcing it. Yeah, they're not. They're not playing, which is c- crazy, too, because I wonder what made him want to ask them that when they were obviously together in some sense, you know, but um, of course, I'm sure it was asked for the movie purposes, but, <laughs> you know, for their world as well, it's kind of like we already know this is extremely strict. So it does tell me also that as they are constantly asking for these certificates and such, I mean, you could be snatched up any time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you could really be snatched up at any time. Yeah, because like, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, before the cop approached David, what was interesting is he visually saw, whether it was another police officer or the same cop, uh, approached this older woman and he was mm. like, where's your husband? Where's your spouse? Uh, let me see your hands. Let me see your shoes. Like checking for mud, like to see if like they she came from like the forest or something. Like right. she's like pretending to be uh, a companion person, but she's actually a loner. It's like that is a level of detail that I appreciate as like a, a viewer. Mm-hmm. And it also mm-hmm. like builds out the world. It's like, okay, they're, they're it's essentially like the Gestapo. Like yeah. if like you truly belong in this society. Yeah. 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 It, it's a, it's a big, it's a very detailed film. Um, right. Honestly. And it could be broken down so, so deeply, you know, but, those little aspects does tell us a lot more about the world you know and i think we we get just enough of it we don't need to know you know what the day-to-day looks like that much we get a little bit in the supermarket you know we get a little bit in the city um that's all we need the intros really like right where it needs to be we don't really see what you know the lady looks like his old his old wife um you know, the connection of the dog is very interesting too. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's go back to that. Because like, yeah. like you said, like there wasn't a lot of exposition. And honestly, we don't need mm-hmm. it because like the core um drama is between David's character and like his inner conflicts and how he reacts to this world. It's not the world yeah. itself that we're focusing in on. Mm-hmm. And when he, David, in the beginning of the film, entered into the hotel to find a new mate. He brought a dog along with him and yeah. it was actually his brother transformed yeah. into the dog. Yeah. Uh, would you like to uh, unpack the dog and possibly another character within this hotel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're, um. Okay. So the dog, yeah. I mean, the dog's his brother and, and it's not when you know that after a while and you watch it back, you see how his dog, the dog reacts to certain things of the hotel, especially when it's being done to him. The dog constantly barks, screaming at some of the maids and things of that sort. Um, and it's, it's interesting because they let him keep the dog too. Right. Uh, and it is specifically said he can keep it. But that's like, you know, there's another correlation to this because dogs are companions. And that's why a lot of us get dogs, you know, um, they're your best friend. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting of how that didn't pass for him too. You know, um, if we're talking about companionships, they specifically wanted to be a lover, specifically wanted to be a human. Right. And I wonder like what's the reason for it having for for that type of love to come from 
a human like why does it need to be a marriage um when a lot of single people or just people overall do get companions through animals you know and they're being turned into an animal so i think it's possibly because they know 90 percent of the animals in this world are past people you know oh. so yeah okay. so it's very interesting um i think they probably let him keep the dog because the dog is harmless a dog is harmless yeah you know um of course they want to let him probably keep anything else so i guess they kept that part of the world of you know certain animals are pets and certain ones are not yeah. but he does have a dog as a companion and it is his brother which is a sibling which mm -hmm. is a close relationship you know there yeah. But as time goes on, I'm not going to spoil anything, but we meet somebody who is colder than the world itself, honestly. <laughs> Ice cold. Yeah, before we get into that. Yeah. Um, that is a very interesting thing that you bring up because, like, you're absolutely right. Like, dogs are, are companions, but, like, mm -hmm. obviously in this society, they don't want animal companionship they want human companionship which i think mm -hmm. goes back to what you said earlier with uh yorgos's commentary possibly if we're going yeah. into his head on maybe what the director is going through like yeah. maybe maybe at the time of when he was creating this screenplay like he was single and mm -hmm. maybe people were on his back about like oh you need to find somebody well what, what are you doing mm -hmm. so he, yeah so, so he's like you know what <laughs> screw you i'm gonna make a screenplay about being forced into a marriage <laughs> uh, and see how odd it looks on that on this end to you Right, you know, when you're right. forcing something like that down somebody's throat, yeah. yeah, he wants people to be uncomfortable with that with that idea of you know garnering on somebody because they're single. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, which, yeah, go on. Yeah, which is interesting. Which is very interesting to me. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Too. And if the hotel were to be like, oh, you know, David, you can, that is your companion. That is, mm -hmm. that is like, we approve of this. That would create almost a paradox because like if all animals were past people that, you know, ended up not finding somebody, yeah, they ended up finding somebody as a, as an animal. So it's like, yeah. that's kind of like, do they get turned back into a human? Like, yeah, like, you know, it's a bit of a paradox going on. And it's they funny because... So to pack that even more, the dog dogs do that anyway. So it, Yorgos was very specific when he made the dog react to certain things. Like, of course, if he's getting handcuffed and it's your dog, your dog is going to bark and scream, you know, and mm -hmm. some dogs may attack because they are protecting you. But in this world, though, when they do get turned into an animal, they are the animal. It's not like the personality of the person is there mm -hmm. still like that. So I thought that was interesting that he didn't go too far with it with the dog, you know, and making the dog have these this brother like, yeah. you know, um, reactions and personalities. Like we know in the very, very, very intro with was it a horror? It's a cow. Donkey. Donkey with the donkey. Um, they were being donkeys. Um, very calm ones too. So <laughs> it's not like, yeah, there, there was no personality, crazy personality there that was human-like. They're not doing anything humans. Um, I think that when I took things a different route, but when they get turned into an animal, they are that animal. They are the mind of that animal and everything of that sort. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. Yeah, that goes into... Yeah. So, so like, the entire film in of itself is surreal. Mm. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Salvador Dali painting come to life. Mm. It's like it's it's so strange and odd, mm. and I think it takes it to another level because like, if you're a human turned into an animal, you would think like they still have the mind of a human. They're just in an animal's body. Yeah. But like with this film, it's like no, like we're stripping you from being even a human at that point. So it's like yeah. if you don't find a companion, not only are you going to be outcasted from the society, you're, you're going to be dehumanized too. It's uh-huh. like you're not even a person anymore. You're not even worth being in our society. It's yeah, like, that is. And it's weird because it's like an expedited reincarnation. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, yeah. Like they, like they come, they don't even come back They're, they're I mean, kind of, they come back to the world as an animal. So meaning that they would come back as that, you know, rather yeah. than another version of themselves, you know? So yeah, it's like, like this rather than you die and then you blah, 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 blah. Um, it's like almost they're not technically dying here. You know, they are it's just being life. transferred. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, like transferring blood. I don't know. Like, it's like. Oh, my God. What if it's, okay, mm-hmm. this just dawned on me. Because like yeah. mentioned earlier with the, the prison uh, imagery, what if it was an even continuation of enslavement? So, like, okay. Mm. So, like, imagine this. So, like, either okay, you don't find a companion and then you are further enslaved by becoming an animal. So like you're trapped in like this animal body because mm-hmm. like you couldn't find a companion. So mm-hmm. it's like, you're either enslaved to the society of what the hotel wants you to be like, okay, find a companion mm-hmm. and you can't leave. Oh, you didn't find anybody. Well, you can't leave this animal's body now. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. Right, right, right. So you're first, trapped. Yeah, you're entrapped by this dystopian society no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And you abide by everything the animal is. Mm-hmm. You know? Um it's interesting. And it's it's and the intro is so interesting because you see, even as an animal, people still got <laughs> people still got their ideas ideas about you. <laughs> yes. It's just not, not funny at all, but it's also now that you think about it, it's like Come on, like 
he's an animal now like he can't do anything to you so why did you still go after him like you know i wonder what yeah. okay so yeah you know <laughs> is describing in the cold open of the movie it's, mm-hmm. this woman is driving down a country road it's yeah. light rain like two donkeys or maybe three grazing this woman pulls over the side of the road the camera is still in the car or looking mm-hmm. through the the windshield, she mm-hmm. goes outside and guns down one of the donkeys. Yeah, and we don't know what the hell is happening at this point. We're like, what? I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, and it's just so wonderfully shot because like it's in the car or disconnected from the violence. Yeah. We're seeing so it. simple. Yeah, it's like our perspective on what's happening, and. Yeah. She gets right back in the car. <laughs> you know. I wonder what happened. Like I wonder what happened. Worse or something. Like Yeah. And you don't really know what that intro was until you think about it either when the movie's done or you catch mm-hmm. it later in the movie and you're like, Oh, that had to be at some point her companion, you know, or some it could yeah, or someone she knew, but I think the stronger uh choice would probably be a companion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe it was something that went down, you know, or maybe she wants revenge right now because she's probably one of the ones being hunted. Um, and now she's alone, you know, so right. she's like, okay, I'm gonna get turned into an animal too, but I'm gonna take care of you first, you know, or something like <laughs> there's a lot that probably is going on. That's why I started laughing when I watched it the second time because I'm like, she real deal like drove down this whole road <laughs> to just shoot a donkey, you know, like that has nothing to do with her anymore. <laughs> and it's so sad. And it, it's really sad that we think about that this is what's going on in this society in that specific, you know, world mm-hmm. that, you know, this, there's this type of resentment for a lot of things um people are probably not the happiest at all even when they find a companion there's the divorce rate is probably a sky well it's probably not sky high it's probably really low because nobody wants to you know go to the hotel and get turned into an animal um right the stakes are are so high yeah for everybody involved whether yeah. you're, whether you're married whether you're looking for a companion whether you're a loner whether you're an animal yeah like Oh my God, I can't even imagine the the horror of being in a society like this. Yes. And you said something about age before too. Now I noticed the movie never said what age do they start to scout you because there's no way they're scouting a 15-year-old for, no. you know. There's one, one line of dialogue which mm. is done for a comedic effect like, like, oh, and if your marriage ends up not working out, we'll assign you children. That usually fixes it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, they did say that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that comes from Olivia Coleman, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because she, she says so. She says really dark things <laughs> in this film. I mean, oh, I yes. like the John C. Riley scene um, that know, involves a toaster. Yes. <laughs> And side note with his character, like when he popped up, mm-hmm. I just, I just started laughing because like, it's, it's, it's such an odd casting choice because like, oh, he's, yeah. in, he's in all these comedy movies. And mm-hmm. so like, he's in this like independent film art house movie kind of highbrow. And it's like, yeah, why are you here? Yeah. It's like, if, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a, 
Will Ferrell just popped out. Like, I'm going Honestly. serious. It's like, I can't take you seriously, man. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah, John C. Riley's a very interesting casting. Um, but he did so well. He did so well. He did. And it fit really well, too. He still has his comedy in there, but it fits with the world. It fits with Yorgos. And I'm so, well, after this, it was only the favorite that Yorgos has made. So. I was going to say, I'm surprised I haven't seen him again with your girls, but I feel like we will in some oh, sense. We definitely mm-hmm. will because yeah. the favorite was like unbelievably good. Yeah, I love the favorite. And it, perfect, perfect era for that type of blunt dialogue that they have. Right. <laughs> it even works even more, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that, that was very interesting, but that was a tight movie so we only had so many leads or supportings but mm-hmm. john c Riley in this you know was a very very interesting he's a quirky guy quirky looking guy too and it just all works together but yeah when they got him with that toaster <laughs> tell me more about like, the toaster what happened yeah so the toaster was pretty much um he <laughs> he think it's dinner time or it might be lunch and they approach him the maid the two owners um approach him with a toaster and they just put it on his his table <laughs> and they kind of ask him some questions of you know because they caught him fondling himself <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean to do that yeah which is very very yeah (laughs) which you're not allowed to do at this place you you cannot do anything regarding sex anything sexual at this place until you have a companion so they caught him of course they said they'd be watching all the time through through anything um so they caught him and they made him put his hand in a toaster and they just pushed the toaster button down yeah and they didn't let up until nope. they felt like it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that that was hard to watch. It was that, and that's Ooh. the gruesome part of the movie. Yeah, and it's not bloody. It's not nothing, but it's extremely unsettling because yeah. you, you think of a punishment for certain things that they do, and you could go so outlandish, you could go so 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 um cruel, but instead i don't know what made your girls think that put your hand in the toaster like he must have read that somewhere or like maybe saw it happen to somebody or maybe kids he maybe he used to play it as kids it's how long can you keep your hand in the toaster oh you know God. kids would do things like that yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's a very specific punishment that they brought to him and it was you know it, it, it turned things around it was a very unsettling scene yeah but also funny the second time <laughs> a, a dark humor that's where it, yeah, that's where it comes from it's the dark humor <laughs> um yeah like it's just it makes sense for this film that he would get burned by a toaster because like mm. everything else in this film is so absurd and so yeah. like uh just out of the realms of possibility in our normal day to day where mm. it's like Everyone acts strange, so it makes sense that the punishment will be strange as well. You know, it's like, of course, he would have to get burned by putting his hand in a toaster and hand gets a nice golden brown. Yeah. (laughs) Just like toast. (laughs) Yeah. And it was in there for a good amount of time, too, honestly. Yeah. Longer than than I expected. I was like, okay, they're going to stop. Same. Yeah. Stopping. 
oh, they they put it to five, so it's gonna be like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she put she put the button down, and I don't know. I think it was Olivia who takes her hand too and makes sure it stays down too. Like they <laughs> they were not playing. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, no, keep it longer. And I'm just like, wow. They don't be they don't execute them or nothing unless they go out. But in right. there, they have their specific punishments. Right. It's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. It's intense. It's very it intense. Is. And I truly appreciate it. But before we get to the yeah. offense, I do want to talk about the cold character that you mentioned. Um, uh, I forget her name. Uh, it's this woman that has. I think she captured 150 people at least. Mm -hmm. um, so like her days in the hotel are like a long time. Like she doesn't have to worry about like <laughs> yeah. not leaving anytime soon because she's such a adept hunter uh, when hunting. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, she's so good because she's so cold hearted and mm -hmm. she's like, honestly, in any other circumstance, she could probably be like a mercenary or like a hitman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a different profession. And she just doesn't vibe with anybody because she's so detached from yes. any sort of emotional empathy towards anything. Yeah. And so our main character, David, is so desperate to find somebody because it, it gets down to like five days left in this hotel. Yeah. It's like, I need to find somebody mm -hmm. right now. So mm -hmm. he was like, you know what? I'm just going to play the part and pretend to be cold and heartless to this woman so I can just be with her. Mm -hmm. And in one of the most unnerving scenes, this woman throws herself off the hotel to kill herself and it doesn't work <laughs> right away. So she's like screaming in pain and like, he goes up to her and he's like, hi, um, would you like to, uh, you know, like go on yeah. and be friendly. And, you know, uh, I know this woman is dying and it's really annoying because like, I just, I just want yes. to take a nap and she, her screams, her pathetic screams are going to like keep me up. And yeah. she was like, yeah, you know, how about you? approach me again when it's not as loud uh, when this woman is screaming because like I can't really hear you right now and like she doesn't <laughs> give a shit that this woman is dying right in front of her <laughs> so like they she's ended up, just looking at it yeah <laughs> she's like what I like please uh, talk to me in like five minutes when this woman's dead so I can actually hear you so they yeah. dating and this correlates back to his dog uh, his brother oh, um what happened there? Ooh. Get into it. You want me to say it? No spoilers. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this woman is extremely cold-hearted. Um, and this is kind of the things where they tell you, uh, well, before I even get into that, she, she ends up killing the dog. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like slaughtering him. And wake and he wakes up to her just covered in blood and she's just like staring at him. Um mm -hmm. it's insane that they have this crazy chase scene, uh, which is also very oh, odd. Yeah. But okay. yeah, it's crazy chasing when yeah, um, but it also ties into the fact that uh, you know, when you like you want somebody, eat maybe you eat two things. Either you want somebody really bad or somebody's forcing you to be with somebody pretty bad and you just know it's a bad idea and they tell you they're bad news but you do it anyways <laughs> this is her yes that's what that's yes. what happens and then yes. something happens where it shows you that yeah we told you this was bad news you think she's cold-hearted but she's gonna just show you how how 
crazy she can be, you know, right. and normally this was normal to her. Yeah. She was just like, I took care of it, you know, almost <laughs> the thing like, and you know, she doesn't know that's his brother. Did she? Um, she might've known, but the yeah. point is that, I mean, at the, at the other, if you take the brother element out, it's like she killed yeah. the dog. She yeah. killed his dog, who was still his companion, no matter what. And she was in running to be his companion. Right. And that showed that she took away his real one. Yeah, you know, and that, that took everything away, which also has another message to the film, like that I was saying earlier. You know, the companion, in some senses, can be anything in terms of love. Mm. Um, but because it has to be a human they they were not a match and they tried so hard to be she was just going with the flow mm -hmm. um and he couldn't really take it anymore but that was the last straw for him of course so um, she really yeah. just yeah he couldn't mask it anymore like he was like pretending no. the whole time and then he like attempted to but she was like no you're lying yeah. to me and a marriage cannot be based upon a lie yeah I'm gonna turn you in and then you'll be punished most severely for this. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up getting away and, you know, icing on the cake. And that was that he forcibly transformed her into something yeah. nobody wanted to be transformed into. We don't know what that is. Yeah. I have some ideas. Yeah. What you think? Maybe, maybe like a rat or a spider. or a I was bug. thinking a bug too. Yeah. Some type of insect. Yeah, maybe a roach, but I think <laughs> you know something like that. Yeah, but that that was yeah that was a nice turnaround that he yeah he got her turned um into something unwillingly without any of the hotel advisory or nothing. Yeah, he got her in there. He did. Yeah, he did a good job. And then that's where he escapes, and then he falls in mm -hmm. real love. Well, mm -hmm. maybe not so real by the time we get to the end of the film. I know. We'll get into um, with uh, Rachel, Rachel Rice. Yes. I love Rachel Rice. Yeah. Which kind great. of, it's been a, I, I saw it a little bit all along. Um, It just wasn't entertained until in, it, they saw it themselves, the characters, you know. Right. But I, I had a feeling they would they would almost have some type of you know heat for each other, mm. um. But yeah, I love that. I loved. I loved. I loved the ending. Honestly, um, it's very open ended. Yeah, it's very open ended. Um, so like, yeah, we saw a glimpse of what the dystopian society is like through the hotel and through the city mm -hmm. a little bit, and then we have this other society of loners that just live in the forest. Mm -hmm. uh, with like rain ponchos and that's yeah. just how they live <laughs> and they also the ponchos. You know, it's, it's like the other end of the spectrum so like the dystopian society was like you must have a companion human mm -hmm. and then the loner society is like you must not have a companion you must be alone if you yeah. are caught even flirting we will punish you by like slicing up your mouth and like all these other gruesome stuff it's like okay so yeah. it's like Two polar opposites. Yeah. And so they ended up falling in love in this society and they have dire consequences because I feel so bad for Rachel Weiss's character because like her, I think it's her friend or the leader of this loner society. Yeah. Like she has glasses. So like, oh, she like puts her into this eye doctor to like, 
I guess get LASIK, but ends up going wrong mm. because like she thought she was getting eye surgery, but she was actually getting her eyes plucked out or blinded. That's rough. That sucks. I All because know. like she caught her flirting and being intimate with David. Yeah. And the leader's Leah. Yes. Yeah. Leah so long. I'm going to say, I'm not going to mess it up. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> she was great. Oh, yeah. She's great. Really it's funny because I just watched the French Dispatch last night for the first time. I didn't but see it yet. It's you good. didn't see it. It's good. It's not my favorite West, but, and uh, it's, um, it's good. It's still a very big um, achievement in filmmaking, though. Okay. He's done some very interesting things there. And it's funny. It's very funny again. Okay. Um, but I just love the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, that's like yeah. his crowning jewel. Or the yeah. Tenenbaums. Or even the Life Aquatic. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a good, it's so good, so good. But Leah's in French Dispatch. Very nice. Um, there she is in the Lobster. Those things are perfect for her, you know, for sure. And... Yeah, she's she's cold too, though. Okay, she's she's real cool. Um, no, in the lobster, she's really cold. Oh, yeah. in the lobster too. Yeah, and <laughs> I love the part when she's like, "What did she say? Stop crying like a baby or something like that." When somebody's like, literally in extreme pain, mm, and they're on the floor yeah. squirming. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> The dude, so they're like, I don't know if they're training or actually running. No, they're training to run for yeah. the people in the hotel. And he ends up getting caught in a bear trap. And there like, we go. Yeah. And he's like, like, I'll leave you. It's like, you need to figure that out. Like, we're not going to help you. And yeah. if you die from the blood loss, you know, go to your grave. Yeah, yeah. That's what Unless the wolves will eat your face off. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh man, yeah, that is that's hilarious. Honestly, like which when I first saw that movie, she said all of these things. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> you're not even gonna try. But at the same time, you literally say like you want him to die because how stupid can he be to get trapped? <laughs> exactly. That is crazy. Okay. Oh man, so, yes. Elise, say yes. Sir. Talk about the ending of the film. We have to get off the fence. Yeah. Ready to get off the fence on a few things. I'm ready to get off the fence. Okay, so before we get into the last beats of this film, I have to ask, what animal would you want to be turned into if you are in this society? You know, I feel like that they, I've been asked this, this before in elementary, and I okay. always said a bird. Um, mm. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to go for bird again, which is very funny. What bird? I'm not sure. But a bird, because I just find it very interesting how you can fly anywhere. And I'll fly far away and stay in the sky. I'll live in the sky and <laughs> I'll come down from time to time for food and go right back up and just, you know, <laughs> and enjoy the breeze and life up there. It feels serenity. It might get boring after a while, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be other birds for fun around, you know, and then we could do the school thing um, and fly and in groups and <laughs> very detailed. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a chameleon sometimes, you know what I could <laughs> there's a lot of ways I feel like I could I could have fun as a bird, but like 
I feel like they're so free. And I think freedom is the biggest, freedom is the biggest thing I think you need when you're getting, when you're getting turned into this animal. You need the most amount of freedom before somebody tries to, like, somebody can't shoot me up like the donkey got, you know, if I'm a bird, you know, unless they're, yeah, I could fly away very, very fast. What would you be? That is such a great answer. And that was like my joke. Um, answer a uh, joke question for you but that's so beautifully said i don't know um because like david's answer with like the lobster because he wants to live a long time 100 years and i was thinking so like smart. well there's also like jellyfish because like mm. there's no natural way the jellyfish can actually just die it's usually from other circumstances they like wash up ashore yeah. and they can like regenerate so essentially they could like live hundreds of years yeah um so that is an option but like, a lot of life people. is a jellyfish <laughs> kind of sentience does a jellyfish have yeah uh, i like the bird response but i'm not gonna steal you yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna say uh, i don't it's know it's a tough one yeah it's, it's a tough, tough one, one. Maybe a dog. I'll just be. I'll just be basic. I'll be a dog. A dog. You you live to love. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a nice life. A dog. Yeah. And you'll be loved very well. There you go. Mm-hmm. That is why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving from there, so yeah. the last beats of the film, um, Rachel Weiss, Rachel Weiss's character, and. Colin Farrell's character escape from the loner society, mm-hmm. even though she has been blinded. Um, yeah. In my point of view, uh, Colin Farrell's character, David was kind of second guessing his relationship mm-hmm. um, with Rachel because like he ended up being with her because she had glasses like him. So it's mm-hmm. like, even when he escaped from the dystopian society where you must be paired with somebody with a superficial attribute that matches yours. Yeah. The guy with the limp. So he ends up busting his nose up so he can relate to the nosebleed girl. Yeah. Um, with David, he was like, Oh, you have glasses. So do I. Yeah. And like with one of the other loner people that he was for some reason jealous of, um, I, I don't know that actor's name, but he was in stuff like game of Thrones and stuff. He like approached him was like, do you have contacts? Do you have contacts? <laughs> like thinking like he would be some sort of threat because he has contact lenses. Yeah. Like, Are you short sighted? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not. Leave me alone. So once she was blinded, I don't, I don't know. I felt like he might have had a change of heart because like he started seeing her less. Yeah. Not as involved. But like once they left the conf- confines of the loner society and they were in the dystopian city. She was like, okay, like we're in this, we're at this diner. Yeah. He orders a steak knife. Mm-hmm. He goes into the bathroom to pop his eyes pop, out. Pop his eyes out. To be blind just like her. And we and end just there. We don't see what happens. He has the knife up to his eye. We don't see what happens. And the camera just is static on her at the diner mm-hmm. table alone. And that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. And. That could be interpreted a few different ways. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Did David actually pluck his eyes out? Oh, I think he did. You think? Um, Yeah, I do think he did because I think he is completely, everything he's been through, his whole arc and everything of that sort and what he's seen, he's invested in that world. I think he's now part of, like, not 
he's a part of the society, of course, but he's part of how it moves. So he moves like it too. Um, and I think he's gotten used to it. So when, you know, the superficialness of the two glasses, you know, she has glasses, I have glasses, let's do this. Um, and just like the, the people from the hotel, you know, I, she has a bloody nose. I'm going to try to get a bloody nose. So all of those things coming down to, he's like, okay, her eyes is plucked out. I'm going to pluck my eyes out too. Like, that's just what happens in this world now. This is what I got to live through. That's how I'm going to do it. I think that's how he's living now. Yeah. I think that was his arc. You know, um, I think, I think, yeah. right. um, cause like part of me was like, maybe he just left her there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he ran away. Maybe chickened out. Ooh, like, that's interesting. That is an option, but I think you're mm-hmm. right with like it's his character to be. I mean, he did it with uh, the cold-hearted woman in the hotel. Right. Where he was like, "I'm going to be cold," and then he's with the short-sighted woman. Like, I'm short-sighted. Oh, she's mm-hmm. not short-sighted. She's blind now. I'm going to be blind. Yeah, I'm going to be blind. And just, just for just maybe this is subtle comedy. She's left lingering at the dining at the diner table alone because he couldn't find his way back because he's mm. blind. Because he's blind. That that's a good one, you know. And honestly, now you made me think about it because Yergos didn't cut to black on David holding a knife at his eye. He cut to black on Rachel Wise sitting alone at the yes. diner, yes. meaning that the last note could have been that she is now alone you know she was left alone you know um yeah yeah because you know you know you cut the black on what you what you want to what you want the conversation to expand on mm-hmm. what you want people to almost think but there's a hint there and visually symbolic is symbolic that she's sitting there alone and we think it's her waiting but now it makes me think of the last two things you said, maybe he did chicken. His character would chicken out too and run, but <laughs> that's the funny thing. That's very much of his character to do. But I wonder if he's just so tired of doing that. So maybe he did pluck his eyes out and didn't know where to go, um, which would be very crazy, you know, long in a, many ways. Um, <laughs> right, and also yeah. adds to the dark comedy too. Like it also adds, yeah. Thing, and now he can't even find his way back to his chair. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. it's, it's open ended, and it is. Yorgos masterfully did the ending. It's like okay, I'm not. He gonna did. What happened. He okay. did, and this movie's not that fast paced actually. No. as well overall, and I love that. Yeah, it's it's a slow burn that with multiple big burns in between, <laughs> you know, that keeps you going, but it's all there. You're, you're locked in. And I love that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So was the loner society actually a sustainable option? We hinted at it earlier with like, they're just in the forest. Yeah. Raincoats. And they just dig their own graves. Yeah. Was that a way to live? No. Not at all. They're getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, they're they're fighting for survival every minute of the day, every second, you know. Yeah. Much more than the people at the hotel are, you know. So they choose to live like that, of course, because they are the rebellions, you know, they are the revolutionaries. Yeah. Um, and they they want to make a point. Yeah. They're on a boycott. (laughs) They are boycotting, but they're also like reliance on that society too because they go into town to get supplies Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah 
why be separated if you can just you still need the stuff so i don't know it just didn't yeah. seem very sustainable in my eyes but yeah, yeah they, they're essentially rebelling against mm-hmm. against it all i agree so we talked about this movie being a slow burn and it truly is and i do love yeah. slow burns but do you think this film could have been shorter by 30 minutes Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I wouldn't. No. You wouldn't chop it down? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't chop it down. No. I wouldn't. No. 30 is a lot, honestly. So that's a lot to chop, but... From a no. two hour to a ninety minute film. Yeah. Mm. No, it's weird because I I enjoy longer movies, so maybe I'm the worst person to ask that. <laughs> Unless I, it's long and I'm literally going, "Oh my gosh, why is this so long?" You know, um, I won't get into it, but I saw the Batman two nights ago. Okay. And it's it's long. I didn't feel it as much. Like after a while, I was like, "Okay, I think it is." We're almost about to hit the three-hour mark. Oh, no, we're not. We have, okay. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a three-hour movie flat. It's three but, hours. Well, I think it's two hours and 55 minutes, but three hours. Three hours. And shy of five minutes. And I was like, yeah, no, I would I cut anything from that? I wouldn't either. You know, even though I did feel the runtime, but I wouldn't cut. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I would cut. But this <laughs> 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 that I would cut. I felt that way too hard. That was killing me in the theater. I'm not gonna lie. I there wasn't much going on for me in that one. But um That's when you go I'm to the a, bathroom and then you know, Yeah, you know, or, or, or just not come back. Let me not talk about the movie. But I mean, like, <laughs> But this I wouldn't cut, no sir. I not wanna cut at all. I wouldn't cut it either. I'm like struggling yeah. to think like, okay, if is there a plot point that I can just remove? But right, like, right, right, right. Talking about it and going through, it's like, no, everything is related to each other. There's no like fluff, mm-hmm. even though it's, it's a slow burn. It's two hours. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. reduce it by 30 minutes. I think it was perfectly paced. The only thing I would 
maneuver is I would add, I would introduce the the loners earlier society. Yeah. I think that's, that's the only thing. Yeah. I think that's that's a big issue because like, okay, mm-hmm. like with the loner society, I felt like that's where the movie kind of picked up pace and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's the best way to introduce it. Maybe like flesh out the, oh, now I, now I remember why I even posed this question because yeah. like in the first act, there was a narration from Rachel's character yes. and it's yeah. like, who's talking, what's happening. So you could have had like the loner society introduced earlier by having like two timelines going on and maybe like show mm-hmm. some of the hotel, like through flashbacks or like something that like introduces the loners better rather than like him escaping. And then the narration. Then see them. Yeah. I thought that was interesting though. I did, but I would, I'll, I think I would just, for me, I would have just, when they did their first round, when he hunted for the first time, um, I would have had a loner or a few far out in the woods where he locks eyes with them at some point yes. and keep it moving. Yeah, now we know something's there. And maybe a narration there is small and you see somebody mouth moving or something, or you just know it's coming from, you may think it's coming from them because it sounds like a woman's voice and, mm. you know, it's over there. And then, okay, we know there's another thing. And then maybe the next time he hunts, you know, I don't know, not every time, but like slowly we get glimpse of it until we get there. But I don't know, something like that. Yeah, something subtle. And I forgot about the narration. I loved it. Yeah. But Hear that, Jorgen? Yeah. Hire Lisa. Mm-hmm. You'll make your movie better. <laughs> I would love to work with your girls. Oh man. Oh that man. Yorgos. Make it happen. Make it happen. Let's make, make it happen. It happen. So <laughs> last question for you. Yeah. Would you recommend the lobster to a friend? Absolutely. I went I made several friends watch it. Um, even those who I feel this is not their vibe. Um, and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. You know, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of questions. Um, I have showed it to someone before and they did fall asleep, but <laughs> it was, yeah, they did. They did, but it's not, I guess it's not for everybody, of course. Right. Um, and if you don't feel, you don't like anything, your girls is not your style, then you won't like anything he has, to be honest, I think so. But yeah, I, I would recommend The Lobster. I think it's a movie that's, it's fresh. It's not like anything else. Um, the dialogue is not like anything else. The way it moves is not like much things else. It's interesting. I think so. And it's also, you know, a, an original story. Right. Like, yeah. I'm in your boats. Like it, it's, if I were to recommend this movie, it would be to a very specific person. Yeah. would appreciate one slow burns and like weird, bizarre movies. It's like, oh, you want to watch a weird movie? Yeah. You think for like a good day or two or maybe a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like to everyone else, I would recommend The Favorite. It's like, oh, okay. Yes. You don't like slow burns. You don't like, I mean, The Favorite's weird, but like a more <laughs> palatable weird yeah. than, than this movie, which is just like bizarre. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend it, but there's like an asterisk, a little disclaimer. It's like you need to yeah. and, and weird movie. And the killing of a sacred deer, I that's even more acquired, I think. So I, I don't agree. recommend that as much to <laughs> to just anybody. Yeah, because that one's a tough one. Friendships over that one. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like that's I don't a tough talk one. To this guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, like what did he just make me watch? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like that your reaction is worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I think yeah, we're in man. the same boat. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. Yes. So yes are you yes. ready to close this out? Let's do it, man. All right. Okay. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about the lobster. <laughs> Please check it out where it is available. And before we go, thank you so much, Elise, for coming back to Syndicate. Uh, thank you, man. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Like, I, I look forward to your feature of Arinko and Adagio. And yeah. it's, it's, I mean, you always recommend good stuff. Perks of being a wallflower and now the lobster. Oh, so yeah. You're welcome. Two different today. movies. <laughs> yes. Two very different movies. So before we go, Elise, where's the best place to reach you at? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Elise the Cinephile. I am also on Facebook with my full name, Elise Jr. St. True. I am, I'm on TikTok. I just got it. I'm trying to get with the, you know, with the new stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And of course, I also have uh, my my film blog website, the Movie Butter Playbook, which is where I write reviews and everything of that sort. And you can find my films there too to check it out. And all of those places, you'll find my contact information if you just want to hit me up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That is Syndicate on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord? Feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this movie and others. But if we missed anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.